0: Hello friends and listeners, this is Sly James coming to you from No Filter Media, the Wickham James Strategies and Solutions Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Joni Wickham. Uh, I am the author of two books, The Passion for Purpose and The Opportunity Agenda that I wrote with Winston Fisher. I have uh, two very uh, precocious uh, grandchildren looking forward to an Irish Wolfhound in the spring. And we're here to talk to you about all sorts of interesting, uh, tantalizing topics of conversation. This very open filter. Go ahead, Joni.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Joni Wickham, co founder at Wickham Jane Strategies and Solutions. I am the um, author of the best selling book, The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch, um, Mom to a Sweet Little Eight Year Old, um, and also to. to awesome fur babies who just got bathed yesterday so they don't stink anymore. And we are here today chatting about um, leadership and why so many leaders suck. Um, thankfully, um, Sly is a leader that does not suck. Um, <laughs> so we can't. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
0: that, uh, th- yes, I was going to say thank you uh, for that. That's I appreciate the... the uh, the vote of confidence.
1: But um, I mean, if you step outside your front door in the morning, chances are at some point you have come in contact with a leader, even um, either in your neighborhood, in your place of business, um, interacted with perhaps a government official who maybe just doesn't excel as a leader. So we're going to chat a bit today about what um, character personality traits um and uh expertise um goes into um leadership and um a bit more detail about um why we think some leaders just suck. What do you think, Sly? Si?
0: Well, I think one thing that makes leaders suck is that they forget that the very term leaders means that there has to be somebody to lead and that your focus should be on those folks primarily as opposed to yourself. And I think a lot of leaders have gotten wrapped up in what's good for them as opposed to what's good for us. Again, I go back to the idea that this is a me culture, not an us culture, not a we culture, not a our culture. It's a me, my, mine, I culture. And when we start thinking like that, we start doing things that may benefit us, but don't benefit the people that we're supposed to lead. When you lose track of that, then I think you become a leader who sucks. Big time.
1: Yeah. And there's also some psychology um, in this. Um, There is a article um, that came out um, not too long ago in Inc. Magazine talking about, how confidence often wins over competence in job interviews. And there's been a lot of research about this in political science as well, about how we reward at the ballot box, people who come across as charming and um, confident, but aren't necessarily competent um, or ready for the job. And there's a lot of bias that plays into this. Um, and so, fly Have you seen this in your experience, either in the courtroom um, or as mayor, where folks are in positions of leadership and you kind of take a step back and it's like, there's no stuff to back up the fluff? You don't have to name names. You don't have to name names.
0: I won't name names, but yeah, it's pretty common, frankly. uh, it's more common than it should be, and frankly, is more co- is so common that it's almost frightening. But that article that you mentioned, and I read it, and I thought it was very good and on point in a lot of things. There was a very interesting um, uh, foundation that they laid. They say that people who have had more privilege than others and grow up in a world where uh, uh, they believe that they are more competent as a as a result of that privilege, are more confident, and when they take a test, they automatically assume that they've done well. And the reality is is that they have not done any better than anybody else. So I think that the socio uh, economics come into play. If you come from a place that looks successful and is highly uh, visible and and splashy you're probably going to be more confident than somebody who comes from a place. That's not like that. You may be more confident. Doesn't make you a damn bit more confident. And that's one of these things we always talk about, right? Talent may be evenly distributed, but opportunity is not. So the person who walks in, in the great suit, feeling good, you know, dressed for success and all that sits down and acts like they know what they're talking about. They get some favor, but the person who may come in and doesn't come off in that strong way they get overlooked, whereas the reality is that second person could have been more competent than the first person to do the job that was being asked. So incompetence in leadership is certainly not rare.
1: Right. I'm going to read a quick passage um, from this article because I think it really gets to the heart of what we're talking about. Um, we really need to be more discerning about confidence. Study co-author Peter Bellme commented uh, to Insights by Stanford Business. Just because somebody can speak very assertively or can speak in a very confident way doesn't mean that person's smart. Just being mindful of our propensity to be seduced by bluster can be helpful, as can being aware of other signs someone is genuinely smart and not just confident. But the authors also suggest that when it comes to job interviews, leaders follow the same age old advice given to writers show don't tell and so they go on to talk about how when you're um when you're interviewing a candidate um don't just ask them to explain a time that he or she maybe were um, exceptional in their role instead they recommend giving a short assignment that tests their ability to actually shine at the required tasks in the morning in the moment and i thought that was a really interesting way to make sure that you're not um, as they say, being seduced by bluster and that you're picking a candidate um, who actually um, has competence and isn't just walking in um, uh, in an over overly competent manner.
0: Well, I think that's great. And I think that works very well for people who are in the business of hiring others to do certain jobs and tasks. But when it comes to the American public wanting to elect people in the office, we're way too lazy to do that way too rosy. You know, we're going to go with the name that we know. Now, we might not remember why we know the name. It might be because they were accused of child molestation 20 years ago, and the name kind of stuck in the mind, and they beat the call, and now they seem to have resurrected themselves, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, we tend to look at the superficial as opposed to the substantive when we're electing people, and we tend to be... uh we tend to lack good citizenship habits as we uh, uh, elect our elect- electors. We tend to look at them like a commodity. Who's the best looking? Who sounds the best? Who do we think is going to best fill our bowl? Not we not particularly care about your bowl, but who's going to fill up my bowl? And uh, that's who we vote for. And that's that can be so easily manipulated by people who have the means, the resources, and the and the uh, technical know-how uh, to use social media and other sorts of media to manipulate the public. And we are very manipulated.
1: Yeah. And I also, I think we've actually talked about this in a previous podcast a little bit. Our, um, I think Americans ideas about what a leader looks like, does um, not necess- it, it doesn't necessarily uh, create space for real leadership. Like we like people, um, kind of like that article was saying people with a lot of bluster, people who are very charismatic. Um, and we don't necessarily think about how they are going to, um, govern and how they're going to lead the American people and the values that they subscribe to.
0: Well, it's really funny. It's not even a matter of thinking about how they're going to do it. We don't even take the time to see how they already have done it. Yeah. Because most of these people come into the forum on, on politics, there's something in their background that should give you an indication as to how have they performed. We don't look at how they performed. We look at the labels that are attached to them. We look at the the uh, the uh, extraordinarily superficial issues uh, to we look at self-interest. We look at single issue politics, for example, but it doesn't tell us anything about how they're going to perform because we never bother to look at how they have performed in the past. Think about it. If we sat down and really went through some of the records of some of the people in the house and the Senate and really paid attention to them, why in the holy hell are they still there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then – and then when you get into the corporate sector, the corporate sector people, I think, are going to move from uh, CEO to CEO based on what they did in their last place. The, the, but all those people have to look like the other CEOs who did the same thing in their last place that are making the decision. That's why there's no not many women. That's why there's not many African-Americans or Latinos, because the people making the decisions are going to make decisions based on. How do you sound to me and do you fit in with my cultural uh, matrix uh, versus are you going to bring some sort of intellectual discordance to the conversation by being different, looking different, saying things that I'm not used to hearing them said in that way? I'm not comfortable with that. I'm more comfortable with the same crap I've been buying for years.
1: Yeah, I, I do think there are a lot of people in leadership positions, both in corporate America and in government, who think that leadership means staying in power and leadership means um, wielding power. I don't think that's what leadership is. Um, so I would like to see more um, individuals in leadership positions who take more of a servant leadership approach um, to governing, whether it's go- governing a business or um, a state or a city or a county, whatever. Um, and I also think that, um, you're not, pe- people are not born with all the leadership skills that they're ever going to have that leadership skills can be learned if you work at it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that you're, I'm not sure that you're ever born with it. I think that the whole thing is a matter of, of, uh, social, uh, 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 training and cultural training. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that in the nursery, in the hospital, one baby stands up and says, all right, here's how we're going to do this, guys. Have you um, ever
1: seen Boss Baby?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I would say that's a highly unusual circumstance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ways, I get it. But I think that we learn how to be leaders. And I think we learn how to be leaders from people who tell us that they are leaders, a lot of whom are full of crap. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing, too, about leaders, and you talk about servant leadership. I don't know that the American public wants servant leadership unless the servant is serving them and their narrow interests. I sent you an article about uh, citizens. It's not really citizenship. It's more consumerism. Uh-huh. You well, know, we don't look to find out who is best going to lead the country even though I know that I'm going to have to sacrifice something in order to get that done. What we're looking for is who's best going to lead the country that's not going to have me pay more taxes, that's not going to offend my ideas about right to life and, and, and abortion, who's not going to uh, push an agenda I don't like. We kind of lost the idea of us and what it takes to run a cohesive, democratic uh, republic moving forward together and it's really about i'm going to vote for the person who matches my ideas on each and every one of these subjects or comes as close there too now basically so we create our own demagogues and then we vote for them
1: yeah that that does tend to at least in recent political history be our reality that's for sure
0: you know, I think I think it's probably more embedded than we think. I think we just become more aware of it. Because when you really think about it, the idea of the splinter thing has been going on a lot longer. It's just not been as pronounced. All of the issues that brought the last administration to the fore were there a long time ago. They simply weren't addressed. And then all of a sudden, it's just like anything else. You get a catalytic event, and boom, the whole thing looks like it just showed up yesterday. It's kind of like those Hollywood stars that everybody says they're an overnight sensation that's been working in restaurants and bars for the last 30 years trying to get to where they are. So, I think this is something embedded in our own um, culture at the moment. I think that we produce the leaders that we want to produce and that we shouldn't be surprised when they suck um, because I don't care who it is. Any leader, even great leaders, they're going to do something at some point in time that you would rather they not do. Okay. They may raise your taxes and you don't want your taxes raised. They may vote some way that you don't think they ought to vote. There is, it is impossible for all leaders to do all things that never offend anybody all the time. So, and if you,
1: right, and if you manage to be in a leadership position and never offend someone, Chances are you're not actually leading, you're just sitting there, taking yeah. up space right okay okay, well, that is um what we have to say about um leaders who suck um and I think we've um established that uh we aren't born with all the leaders that uh, with all the leadership skills that we'll have that it can be um uh, perfected and learned, um, over time. Um, any last minute or, uh, parting thoughts on this slide?
0: Yeah. I think that one of the things that makes leaders suck is that because first of all, the targets they're trying to hit, is constantly moving, but also because of a total and complete lack of continuity in the mission. The mission shifts, and the leaders don't always have the ability to shift with it or they purposely shift it to something that they're more comfortable with. And therefore, we never get a seamless approach to problem solving or to dealing with issues. We get choppy bits approaches. And so that's going to help set up certain people to fail and look like crummy leaders that suck. And they probably are crummy leaders that suck. But we also throw up some artificialities, that I think, uh, help uh, make that come to the fore a little bit more. The other thing is, frankly, in in the political arena, we got leaders who suck because we're too damn lazy to get off our ass and get them out of there. Well, there should be term limits. There are term limits. Every four years, or in the Senate, six years, there's a term limit. Vote their ass out if you think they suck, but they never go anywhere. The best place to be in politics is to be an incumbent because you probably got an 80% chance of being reelected whether you suck or not.
1: I feel like that could be um, a country song or something.
0: <laughs> There's 80% chance of being reelected, even though you suck the big one.
1: <laughs> okay, we have to end on that note. That was amazing. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Bye.